Business in the Okanagan Matters. This is Law Talk with lawyers Clay Williams and Tanvir Gill from FH&P Lawyers, LLP. They talk business and take your questions at podcast at fhplawyers.com. Now, here's Clay Williams. Welcome to another edition of FH&P Lawyers Business Law Podcast. Well, here I am with Tanvir again. Hi, Clay. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, and uh, just noticing those high heels you're wearing. <laughs> I do not know how you get around the office. What are those, what, four inches? Um, yeah, I try not to wear anything less than four inches, because then there's just no point. Okay, well, well you know. walk around in flats. I, I thought they looked great, and you, you pointed out that they're Prada, and that, you know, <laughs> good for you, so. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so today, we've got a, an, an interesting topic, I think, and it's uh, the topic of, hey, what not to do as a client, or maybe things that uh, bother us as lawyers, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, maybe things to avoid as a client that uh, may make your deal um, be tougher for us, or maybe not even happen at all. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a great time to bring up this topic, because things are happening so fast. We are still getting so many calls for last-minute businesses, real estate is crazy, it's still super hot in Kelowna. And so more and more, we're getting those clients that are like, I need this right now because I've already said this to the other person. So we're kind of included at the very end. Everything is a rush. It's super last minute um, and it's not really slowing down. So I think this is a good time. That's tough for us because we work with the same people over and over again and uh, boy you know it's tough to say no uh, to a really good client or a really good uh, person that has given us work for a long period of time but I mean uh, real estate you're absolutely right we have to say no yeah there's and there's only so many people that we can train to understand time flows and how much time we need what goes into what we're doing and the, the the amount of heads up we need to properly do our job but then there's and then there's some clients that will take guidance and say okay pump the brakes let's take a couple of weeks you didn't think about this due diligence like we need to do this and then there's others that are like okay do it or I'm gonna go elsewhere and get this done well and that's tough too yeah you know and so I guess our, our first don't is if you can don't wait to the last minute I've got personal stories of clients who will call me and say look I'm hiring an employee tomorrow and I need an employment agreement you know uh, sometimes I'll do my best to make that happen Mm -hmm. but uh, sometimes I I just can't and you know your your stories with the real estate I mean that's uh, nowadays that we just can't do it yeah and people always think they're like oh it's gonna be easy please just do this it's gonna be quick it's gonna be it's just gonna be so straightforward and those are never ever the deals that are so straightforward those are the ones that have multiple issues closing is delayed things have been missed that's it's never straightforward well well that that's number two on my list here which is clients have called say can you just answer a quick simple question sometimes uh what can seem like something simple or something that uh looks easy from the client perspective uh just isn't and just does take some time mm-hmm. and it might not be us just looking at one document there might be other things we need to look into um, if there's some type of like subject removal for example there's not just title to look at there's charges to pull things to review we could do um, you know environmental searches there's so much that could go into it and so it's really just in your best interest to give yourself enough time to make sure it's done the right way 
So one of the things that I always find challenging is, hey, subject removals today, uh, can you take a look at, at the strata documents for me? And that can sure take some time. And that's a good example because strata documents that are forwarded to us could be 200 pages or 230 pages. And that could take so long to go through. So just being asked to quickly look at something in that time frame, it's not efficient. So that's when we're going to start asking, well, what are the specific things that you're concerned about? What are the key issues that you want us to look at? Because there just simply isn't enough time to look at everything. What's next on your list, Clay? Another thing that um, I think um, that, that we as lawyers find frustrating at times, when clients do come to us and they've got perhaps unrealistic expectations about their deal, about their case. We have to, that's part of our job, is to provide our opinion on their chances for success or our opinion on how long something's going to take or what needs to be done. You know, it's very frustrating when, um, when clients don't listen to us. Yeah, especially because to a client, their deal could look very simple and it's just a matter of us signing documents and telling them to have a good day, but it could involve multiple different offices. Documents are flowing through banks and different lawyers before they come to us. Then they have to go back. We're requesting additional documentation. We are doing searches through different portals. There is so much that goes into certain files that when people just think, well, you have four or five days, like, why can't you get this done? It's, it's insane. It's, there's a lot of work to go into everything. So I think people need to be a little bit more realistic about timelines. You know, one of the, for instances there is, well, just put the deal together. I know that the seller isn't going to hire a lawyer. And uh, how many times has that not been true? And, uh, you know, you have to come back and say, well, now we're going to have to yeah. redo do the whole deal. Yeah, you know, so. that's like a lot of times if you're drafting for one side, you're they're going to want to draft a very one-sided agreement to obviously benefit their interest. And if there isn't any type of negotiation from the get-go and we don't know their position, then they just sort of assume that, oh, the other side won't want legal advice. It'll be fine. And yeah, then they there is going to be more work, more pushback, more, you know, drafting. And then all of a sudden you haven't left enough time or if you have, it's fine. But, you know, sometimes we have to give opinions that a client doesn't expect. Uh, they have a certain idea about the business that they're buying or mm -hmm. the land that they're buying. And, uh, it's our job to give you our opinion on that deal. Um, it's a pet peeve of mine when, we get a lot of argument from the client. Mm -hmm. uh, you've come to us, you've hired us mm -hmm. to look into your risks. And when we give you those risks, I, d I don't know why th there's an argument. Now, at the end, end of the day, an entrepreneur may have a different idea about the value of something. And I understand that. We don't yeah. want to get in the way of a deal when an entrepreneur, a business person sees value. But to argue about the risks, I, I, don't, I don't get. Yeah. I think one topic that is probably on your list, let me know if you got it or not, is clients that are rude to staff. You know, I just don't understand that. And, and one of the things I think that uh, clients should understand is that uh, we do almost every file. Uh, it's a team effort. And mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of people here that are going to be putting 
uh, effort into the final work product. There's paralegals and legal assistants, but more than that even, like office clerks. At times, um, clients will interact with people that work in the law firm other than lawyers. Being rude to those people is just against your self-interest. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times like people will speak a different way to our staff and then they'll finally connect to us and then the tone is totally different. Um, but that doesn't go unnoticed because our staff will be unhappy about it. They do feel that it's you know not a nice way to speak to somebody. I get it. Emotions can be high when there's multi-million dollar deals. People are stressed and situations are not always easy and pleasant. So this, when the stress level is high, I can see where it's coming from. But um, it's definitely not. Yeah, and often we're good. counting on that paralegal yeah. to produce a draft of this or that. And so yeah. to actually be um, rude to that person uh, boggles my mind. Uh, that person uh, will have at least, you know, several dozen files on the go at one time, probably. Yeah. And that's easy to put you to the bottom. So be nice to everybody. Yeah. Here's another don't for you, Clay. Don't compare lawyers to notaries. Okay, why? Because we're not notaries. So the number one thing I always hear is, well, what do the notaries charge? They charge significantly less because they don't do what we do. They are notaries. They are not lawyers. And I think people tend to not realize that while they can do a lot of similar things, they can close real estate transactions, they can notarize a will for you, they can't provide you with legal advice, they aren't looking through your file for risks and covering certain situations anytime there's an issue on that real estate file they are going to then refer you to a lawyer and the other thing is wills when people say to us how much do you charge for a simple will oh well a notary is going to do this a notary cannot draft appropriate wills for each situation they can't draft a will with trusts in it so if you have minor children technically that will is not going to be a good one and just, just to clarify, I think, I think that, uh, that our listeners need to know that all lawyers are notaries. We are all notaries, and we're only really using that in the situation where we're, we're notarizing documents. So if we have clients that have Alberta property or property from around Canada, it's not BC, and we're not providing legal advice, we're simply notarizing your signature. And that's the capacity in which we're acting as notaries. Yeah, I, I think it's just important to, to know yeah. that we're, we're notaries, but, but we're also lawyers. Yeah. No, a- absolutely. So uh, we're also giving legal advice rather than just kind of dealing with, with putting documents together. Yeah. Guess, eh? So here's a do for you. Uh, do be prepared uh, for your meeting with the lawyer. Now, what we lawyers charge by the hour, uh, one of the things that can certainly save a client money is to be prepared for that meeting. And and that can be as simple as making sure you bring your ID to your real estate appointment. I actually had one client that forgot the other client. <laughs> she came what do you in, mean? She came in for a refinance. I was like, where's your husband? And she, he was sitting halfway around the world. <laughs> I was like, how did this get missed in communication? She's oh, like, I right? didn't know he needed to be here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, being prepared, I mean, and that caused a, 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 some scrambling and, you know, trying to f- figure out how to, to get that signature. But, you know, that, that's an easy one. But there's, there's lots of times where, where people will show up without the documents that yeah. we need. And, and that results in a second meeting. Yeah. So do be prepared. 
know how you're being charged and don't forget your documents. <laughs> and what's funny is do read the emails because we do email before the appointment to say, this is what you need to bring in. And we'll let you know what are acceptable forms of ID. If we've never met this client before, if it's a brand new client, which a lot of the real estate clients are, um, it gets to me every time when people bring in their yellow slip, when their driver's license is being renewed and then they pull out their little yellow slip and they're like, here's my ID. We need photo ID. We've never met you before. So that's always a thing. Oh, that's read a really good point. Do read the emails. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, another thing is don't have false deadlines. So a lot of people will put very quick deadlines on themselves, but they're not entirely necessary for each situation. Um, so don't set one prior to speaking with all the people that are involved. So, well, well the deadline puts a lot of things into motion. I, I think it's really important that you have that conversation with a lawyer about, you know, the deal that you're having, because uh, if there is a true uh, impending deadline, then we will do everything we can to get there. But that means perhaps working at night, working on the weekends, and, uh, you know, the bill reflects it. So if the deadline uh, isn't a true one, don't project it as such. So do be realistic about deadlines. Don't uh, impose false ones. Yeah. Another thing that um, lawyers can be bothered by is clients who get very upset about something and they'll come in, want to go after somebody and maybe there's just not a lot of money there or maybe it's not a, a great case. And how many times have we heard, I don't care, I want you to sue them, it's about the principal. I don't do litigation. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is something that I'll have a lot of discussions with with my client and just say, you, you need to know again how lawyers charge. And we charge mm -hmm. by the hour. And while you're hot and bothered about a case that might be only worth $1,000, um, you're not going to be very happy when you cool down and you get a bill that's more than the whole recovery. So if you're thinking about doing something for the principal... It's probably not a good idea. Don't sue for the principal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say another do is not responding. If we are dealing with tight timelines, if we need things done, we need the clients to answer questions. We, what we know, what we work from is going to come from them. So not being responsive and communicating on time is definitely going to make everything difficult for everybody. Well, and, and I've got some stories about that. So, you know, how many deals have we done where, you know, we're just getting into the heavy duty negotiating and we need instructions or we need documents signed and the client's gone camping. Yeah. And there's no internet. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> service. It's just so frustrating yeah. for us. But if we can't, sometimes we need a response quickly. Don't go camping. Or we have clients that are selling their house or maybe buying a house, but they're on the drive in from Ontario without service. <laughs> day of closing on the day of closing yeah very frustrating yeah. so hopefully one thing that can certainly assist a deal is is proper vacation planning i guess yeah. something that that i i don't understand uh but that does happen more than than you'd think is uh that clients who lie to us or clients are coy with us i don't understand it doesn't make any sense to me you're coming to us for advice and yet you haven't told us everything i think the problem there is they're getting advice from the wrong people okay i think they're hearing things or being told 
things from different professionals, whether it's their real estate agent, a mortgage broker, a bank that they're dealing with. And then all of a sudden they've almost been trained to say a certain thing. And then they sit in front of us. And when we ask them questions, they fold. <laughs> for me, what I find most annoying is when I, I don't get the whole story sometimes. Yeah. Like for instance, uh, a client may want us to uh, do the security documents for a bank uh, in support of an operating line or a, a loan. Mm-hmm. But they don't tell you the whole thing that they're using that perhaps to buy a house. Yeah. Well, we need the whole story because yeah. we are going to prioritize that yeah. uh, based upon uh, what we think the facts are. We need this whole story. Yeah. It's like when people say, I'm just doing a quick te- equity takeout to buy this house and all of a sudden we have an, an, a new file rolling, a refinance prior to their purchase. So then we're closing two deals instead of one in the same timeline. And I think some people just don't realize either because a lot of times banks will say to them, we're just doing this internally. (laughs) I don't know what they think that means, but on our end, that's a full-blown refinance. Or they say, I'm upping the limit. (laughs) That's still most of the time a refinance. It's like they are hearing one thing from a different professional and then it's not coming across correctly. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, You know, I I think there's a real distinction to be made here uh, by people who don't understand the process and don't understand that certain things may be important for us to know and and ones who just don't tell us. And I don't know why Mm -hmm. some people choose not to tell us the whole thing, but but that happens more than you think. Yeah. And, and, And invariably leads to problems down the road yeah do connect your lawyers with your accountants with your bankers because then we know what to ask directly to the person that you're working with good point that's a great point (laughs) all right and so with that uh we'll um, end the show and um until next time FHMP lawyers are rooted in community and ready to help. Send your business law questions to podcast at fhplawyers.com. 